Listen to the Vibes. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Listen to the Vibes. And I'm very honored to have Jay Aston here from Jay Aston's Gene Loves Jezebel. Now that he's got a new album. It came out last December. December, yeah, not, not long ago. Yeah. We're going to talk about the album and get to know Jay. So let's kick this off right, man. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, well, what, what, what can I tell you? Been around a long time. Uh, Gene Loves Jezebel was formed in 1980, so a long time. But uh, yeah, we just got a new album out, Love, Death, Sorrow, uh, uh, which has got phenomenal reviews. It's been really pleasing. We did some covers, which we never usually do, and uh, it all syncs together really well. It's, uh, we really, really like the album a lot, you know, surprising to stand back from it and a few months later, and it's actually a great sounding record, I think, if I say so myself. But um, yeah, the reviews have been really good, and we played some gigs in the UK just for Christmas, and they were fantastic. We managed to showcase a few songs. Uh, so hopefully on the this upcoming Alarm tour, we'll be able to do a few more. So this album, did you have a concept in mind, or you just wrote everything for fun? I think just, uh, it was, wasn't planned, you know. It was kind of, uh, I was going to do some solo, I've been work, doing some solo work, do stuff on my own, you know. Which is fun to do because like James Stevenson, Peter Rizzo, Smiley—they're great musicians. But if I just grab my guitar and go on stage on my own, it's much scarier and it's a different vibe altogether. But I find that challenging and rewarding. So I was planning to do some some solo work, and a friend of mine in Austin and a friend in LA said, "Maybe you should check out um, Cleopatra Records," because Brian and Matt—they're fans, and I know I know kind of know Matt and Brian a little. And they said, "Yes, yeah, do some demo uh, demos, and if you want to do a solo record, we'll. If we're both happy, we'll do that. Won't cost you anything." Uh, but then I happened to mention we had some back catalog, and they said, "Oh, why don't you do a Gene Loves Jezebel record? Since you could, we can put all that stuff on Cleopatra and and have a new album." So just called the lads, you know, James and Pete and uh, Pete Walsh, the producer, phenomenal producer, um, engineer, and yeah, off we went. Went to my home country of South Wales, and uh, in darkest winter and it was awesome we uh it was it worked out really well not a not a concept etc i think if there is a theme to the album it's probably just about the days we live in you know survival we don't know yeah. what's around the corner anymore do we scary days really yeah <laughs> i really enjoyed it 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 brought back that uh the, i don't know the the fun the the feeling of the 80s yeah, this was celebratory. I think it's a, it's not. I think it's an uplifting album. It's got some uh, some darker tracks, but not depressingly dark. You know, um, you can't hurt me anymore. Is is even though the title might sound dark, is actually a song of re- release, a relief. You know, um, uh, yeah, I think it is. And uh, doing covers, I mean, that's a joyful thing to do anyway. Even though I, I wouldn't say the melancholic is a. There's a there's a flame that's burning in in those covers. I think you know the the Cure one especially and the only ones covers. We we've done them in a different way uh, and you know, I think it's something to do with being in Wales in winter, mystical mythical place and um, 
Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a very good album, I think. Yeah. I think the darkest song on there was Serpent Queen. Yeah, yeah, but that's a celebration of Greta Garbo and all that kind of feel, you know. So it's it's a femme fatale, <laughs> you know. <laughs> There's a romance to that, isn't there? You know, sailors. I'm from I'm from a uh, place near the ocean. I was brought up near the, the ocean, so you know the this the sea. Sailors and pirates and all that stuff is is big where I'm from. Well, there's a song on there called "The Man That Time Forgot." Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that one. What's the story behind that one? I don't know. I think it was a. Uh, I don't know. Pete Rizzo played that riff to me. That down and and that just music makes me. I like collaborating. I like writing songs of my own, but it's great to collaborate with other people because that that's. It's just exciting. It can inspire, you know. And uh, for some reason, that lyric came to me, and it's uh, it could be, you know, <laughs> biographical. <laughs> I don't know, autobiographical. <laughs> <laughs> Probably something like that in there, you know. But yeah, I liked. Uh, I love that song. Yeah, we enjoy doing that. Yeah. If you're like me, you feel like you're stuck in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think that. I. I. I don't. I don't feel any different. I feel it's all one big connection. I don't feel any different than I did, you know, when I was 20. So uh, at least that's my, my mind anyway. So yeah, time goes by so quickly and you're like, bloody yeah. The last time we did was seven years ago and that felt like yesterday, you know, and it's, uh, it's a bit scary how quickly time goes. I mean, we all used to hear it from our parents and all that stuff. Oh, time flies by, but man, it really does. So, uh, yeah, I try to be in the moment, and uh, but it does. It's freaky because I'm constantly working on songs, and suddenly I'm thinking, "Oh my god, I, I wrote this song ten years ago, and I still haven't recorded it." Kind of thing, you know. So yeah, it is freaky. Do you have a specific formula to how you write, or do you have not at all? Really, it's just, it's just sounds. You know, I mean, I collaborate with some called uh, Jean-Marc Lieberman. We do some stuff together, and uh, he just sends me. Uh, noises sound little files just his, his keyboards his wild keyboards and and that can that inspires me to put melodies on top and chords on top but no i mean a lot of the songs come in a mantra kind of way i just go round and round and round desire for instance that song of mine came about that way um but no there's no one there's no one way of doing it inspiration you you know you can wake up at three in the morning as you're talking about before we went on there and you literally can. I'll just grab my guitar is always close at hand, or a guitar is, and I will uh, start. I'll use my iPhone, whatever, and record it really quickly, and uh, that'll be a song. So uh, yeah, there's no there's no formula. You usually talk about Gene loves Jezebel. Mm-hmm. You never really get to talk about yourself when you do interviews, do you? Uh well, it's, I guess <laughs> it's a, it's hard to talk about yourself. I mean, it's, it's funny, I'm quite an outgoing person, but I'm quite shy, really, so I don't really like talking about myself too much. I let other people be the judges of that, you know. Uh, I take the slings and arrows in the same way, you know, uh, as, well, as well as the plaudits. About myself, I can tell you that I like to go hiking a lot. I'm a vegan, and um, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do any of that stuff. Um, and, you know, I'm just aware of, how precious the moment is really uh, to be in this moment. We're in this moment right now. And that's, that's all there is really. I'm very, very aware of that. You know, as George, uh, sorry, yeah, George Harrison would say, be here now, wherever he got that from. It's very much 
that kind of, you know, this is where we are right now. This split second is it. That's how I, I live my life, really. But as far as um, talking about myself or people, you know, I'd much rather talk about other people in the band, you know, what they, what they do. Um, I know we all have a significant role. That's what makes all bands great, you know. Each member is uh, is really important to the, the sum of the parts, you know. So, yeah. You know, the 80s seemed to be the pinnacle of the party era. How did you avoid getting caught up in all that life of drugs and alcohol? Uh, it just didn't suit me, I guess, you know. Um, I, you know, I, I, I have, obviously I've done cocaine and stuff a lot of my life. I, <laughs> and I've had some fun here and there, but generally speaking, singers, you know, it's not good. Drugs ain't good for singers anyway. Um, but I used to, you know, I'd wake up in the morning sometimes and I'd, other people around me, they'd be been up all night uh, and they'd still have the blinds closed and it'd be a beautiful day outside. And because I like walking so much, I'd be like, oh my God, I've got to discover the city or wherever we were, you know. And I, I've, that kind of energy just fills me. And the same way I'm on stage and I want to be dancing and uh, I wouldn't want to be on stage feeling hungover. I never used to drink before I went on stage. I drink after it for sure. But um, yeah, so it, that, that was easy for me because I'm pretty skinny frail guy anyway i couldn't i couldn't handle too much anyway i don't think um and it's hurt so many people you know drugs hurt so many people i don't have a call to that degree and anything that alters the brain mind warping you should be very very careful of you know it's my opinion and uh i'm any mistake i've ever made is usually got alcohol involved you know people don't suddenly go out doing heroin or cocaine it's usually starts with alcohol and gateway drug to everything really gateway to violence gateway to you know bad sex gateway to a million things you know mm-hmm. uh, think you think what was i thinking but uh, you know if you want to get something out of somebody buy them a glass of wine you, know, you get it if you want <laughs> <laughs> right so i'm told so and i that, that does make sense to me yeah i can sure people do uh make all kinds of promises when they've had a few drinks what's been the greatest hurdle in your life I don't, I don't know, really. I think as human beings, you know, we, we, we make up our own bridges, don't we, and walls you know, we come up against, we kind of create our own, really. But um, for me, being a twin was never very easy. Being an identical twin, <clears throat> you'd, get, you'd get birthday cards to both of you at the same time. People call you twin, so uh, they couldn't tell the difference. Uh, so identity is a big issue for all of us, you know, when we bounce out of that womb. It's... Uh, so who the hell am I or where are we, where are we going? What's, what's all this about? It's the questions everybody asks. Um, and some people try to get closer spiritually. They literally drink spirits to get that cozy feeling when they just can't cope anymore. Uh, but for me, it was just, okay, I have to do things on my own. And that, you know, that, that's been difficult, I guess, you know, because, uh, it doesn't matter to me if fame or fortunes never meant anything to me at all. What's meant, important to me is is a song. A friend of mine said to me once that when I was 16, 17, he said, oh, J.A., as they used to call me, J.A., got shortened to J. You know, you don't even need to be making records. You're just happy to make, at the time, cassette tapes, you know, and I literally have a cassette on. And these days I'll just have an idea and sing something and throw it up on Instagram or throw it up on Facebook or wherever, and just let people enjoy it, you know, flaws and all. Because it's the most beautiful time, the most beautiful time for a musician 
is when you're creating something. I think, where did that come from? That moment of inspiration. After that, when you have to go to a studio, you're just trying to, you're being an actor. You're trying to recreate that feeling again that you had. So, um, but the, I mean, when we were with John Leckie, I mean, yeah, he was a great producer. He, he did Stone Roses and, and tons, tons of bands. But uh, he would leave the flaws in everything as it was, which is a beautiful thing, really, because I think it makes the records more special. There'd be some flat singing here, here and there uh, by some other members of the band, not me. <laughs> I would still work because uh, it was just the moment, you know, and uh, I, I like that about the way he produced things. Whereas Pete Walsh is much more thorough and everything's perfect and records things beautifully. And uh, I like that too. They both work in, for different reasons, you know. I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. I did see that your brother Michael has a band called Michael Aston's Gene Loves Jezebel. Why um, Why did y'all split? Well, it's, it doesn't, it's not just Michael Aston's Gene Loves Jezebel. He goes out as Gene Loves Jezebel, doesn't he? Which is very confusing for people because people like Gene Loves Jezebel. Correct me if I'm wrong. They like songs like you know, Desire, Emotional Love, Jealous, Break the Chain, all those songs, which he's not if he's on them, he's barely on them. Uh, and so it's what's written on the tin is not what people are getting, you know, that's not the product they're getting. Uh, we split because his role in the band had diminished to such a degree. He wasn't doing anything anymore. And the compromise was too much. I mean, they came to a point where a song like suspicion, I sing the song. I'm the author. Uh, yet I have to pretend to mime on guitar. So he can pretend he's singing the song. He's like actually Millie Vanilli, except I'm actually singing the song, and he's actually miming to my vocals. And when when it came to that point, uh, I I was going to leave the band. I so I had enough of this, you know. And, but then he left before me, and then we, you know, then we decided to try to do an acoustic. I did an acoustic album called Unpopular Songs, and he'd done like a, a solo album. And uh, someone suggested we tour together. I thought yeah, it'd be fun just doing our own stuff, you know, not interfering with each other maybe get up and sing a song together. But his agent had booked it as Gene Loves Jezebel, and that's where all the problems started, really, because, you know, they, they were dishonestly pulled me over there. And then uh, I just said, look, you know, I'll do these gigs, but we have to get James and Pete and Chris or Joel, Joel Patterson at the time, back into the band because this is not Gene Loves Jezebel, and that's where all the, the problems came, really. Is there a legend out there that you haven't met yet that you want to meet? Well, I don't usually bother with people. Uh, I, as a kid, I would idolise. I never. I always think we're all the same. We're all equal, you know. I'm, I'm not too. If someone's good at music or good at sport or whatever, or they're good artists, good for them. But uh, I, I mean, I was a huge Led Zeppelin fan when I was a kid, you know. So I met Jimmy Page once, but I was literally. It was. I used to live opposite the Viper Room, a place called English Village, a really lovely Tudor houses or mock Tudor very LA in in LA and it was right opposite the Viper room 
And I went in there one night. I was off. People used to come around and use my parking permit because I had a park because I lived in the area. I could get them parking. And we'd often pop into the tiny bar. Then Jimmy Page was in there. And so literally, you couldn't swing around without knocking into each other. So I did say hi to him. And he was the one person that I would say I idolized as a kid. But anyone else, I mean, I haven't bothered with really. You know, I've said hello to lots of people. Uh, and I've occasionally met people because people, I've been introduced. But generally, I, I don't need to to meet anybody, really, to be honest with you. I mean, it's nice if, you know, if they're interested, you know, it might be a fellow Tottenham Hotspur supporter or something, or you might say, oh, you like Spurs, great. <laughs> we could talk about them, maybe. Or, you know, I mean, if I saw Johnny Mitchell, I'd probably want to say, oh, you know, hi, because she's awesome. Um, but yeah, generally, yeah, I just think we're all... If you're gifted, good for you. Lucky you. Um, but we're all we're all this all people, all humans, are the same. You know, we're all trying to be happy. And when you walk past anyone in the street, the matter how fucked up they are politically and all the rest of it, everyone's ultimately trying to be have have a nice life. You know, everyone's trying to be happy. It's simple. Try trying to keep warm. You know, not have wet feet and have shelter and be happy. Everybody. Mm. And the, the minute you start demonising people. Um, vilifying them, blaming them for anything that's wrong, then that's when thing that's when the planet really fucks up, you know. Because yeah. you should the, empathy is very, very important. You know, very important. Have a look from the the other side, you know. There's always uh, the other side, and the answer is never, ever violence ever. Mm-hmm. Coming from a, a working class background where I spent a lot of <laughs> a lot of my teenage years fighting, so I know violence doesn't do anything well on that inevitable day when you're you pass away what <laughs> what do you want the world to know jay aston as it doesn't matter really i don't, I don't care you know it's because i think it's none of it matters none of it's that important in the end uh all that's important is this moment here or is this guitar in my hand that's all that really matters um hopefully i think we all touch people whether we know it or not um but it's not important to me. I mean, I, I'm a, when I look at a lot of celebrities, and I, I think, why do they care that much? You know, why, why do they care? Why is it so important to be, you know, lionized? You know, why does it matter? It's just music. It's just art. Enjoy it. You know, I don't need a pat on the back. You know, to, to you, none of us do really. It's nice to, with our peers and people we're close to, and they go, oh, nice, nice job, Jay, or whatever. But it's not going to change my course, you know. So, um, you know, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me what they say. There'll be some people like me and some people won't. And history gets rewritten all the time anyway, you know. What looks bad today will, will make sense in 10 years' time. Do you have a philosophy on music? On music? No, uh, no. I, I, <laughs> I wish I could play like some musicians I see play, and I wish I had those skills, you know. <laughs> but, um, uh, but then again, you know, it's the best songwriters are, are never the best musicians. They usually, you know, because great, great musicians tend to be a bit on, but just going. Whereas a good songwriter is going to be Bob Dylan. He's going to sing with three chords. He's going to sing "Blowing in the Wind" or John Fogerty with three chords. I'll give you those three chords and see what you can do with them, you know. You try and write, uh, you know, Bad Moon Rising, or you try write try writing Blown in the Wind. It's not easy. It's, I'll give you the same chords. <laughs> you know, we've all got the same option. So that's uh, 
that's genius, you know. And you've got someone like Johnny Mitchell who can do both, you know. She can write great songs and she's a phenomenal musician. So, or Neil Young or loads of people. And there's, you know, are, are Joy Division worth any less than Led Zeppelin? No, they're not. They're all as valuable. Everyone's just, the Beach Boys are phenomenal to me, you know. The, the, the stuff they did in the, the 60s and up to the early 70s is phenomenal stuff. But um, is it any better than Elliot Smith? No. It's not. It's all. It's all as valid. What you know? There's not much music you can put on the crates. The most most music, you know, you go looking for when you're just in the mood for that kind of music. Some music can change, change. I mean, Astral Weeks by um, Van Morrison can, can actually create a mood for you. You know, if you're into Van Morrison, some people aren't, but uh, I do. I like him. But uh, you put it on, it creates a great mood. You know, Nick Drake. I can put him him on, and that takes me in another another way altogether. But uh, ultimately, for me personally, I mean, I'd rather be writing my own music most of the time. Just what's it, whatever's in my heart, you know, that's what I'm trying to create. And whatever colours I can create with the guitar, uh, and to a lesser degree, keyboards, but with a voice for certainly. The voice is an amazing instrument. You can do a lot with a voice. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I don't have any philosophy on it as such. I just have, I've found a way of working that works for me. And uh, music's... I mean, the guitar is an amazing instrument. You can never, no one conquers it. You know, everyone's looking, looking for, always looking for a new angle on it. And there's always, it opens itself up in so many different ways every time you pick it up. That's what I like about the guitar. You guys are going on tour here in the States, right? Yeah, we're touring with uh, The Alarm in May, May, June, July. Uh, so a lot of gigs. We've posted like the first half of it, but there's another half to come we'll be posting soon i reckon so yeah i'm just in the uk waiting for a visa you know because you have to get a work visa because you know i'd heard we might be doing the tour but i wasn't sure and then suddenly oh yeah can you do the tour and suddenly it's all action stations because it, visas american visas work visas are very expensive for, for musicians you know and uh they take time so but that's the deal that's all we have to wait for those visas for i can uh I can leave. So hopefully we'll get them soon because I don't like getting to the US the day before a tour. You like to be there at least a week before to give you a little chance to acclimatize, especially for a singer for this voice. Right. You need to rest and sleep is really important. But uh, that's the small problem, really, in, in the, the big scheme of things. But, you know, that would be nice. <laughs> so we're looking forward. That'll be a fun tour. We've toured the lab before, so it's been, it'll be fun. It'll, it'll, uh, it's a nice, the bands complement each other. I think they're, di they're different, but um, it works, I think. And they, their audience seems to like us a lot and vice versa. So, yeah, it'll be good. Can people buy hard copies of the album? We should be bringing some out. Yeah, that's, that will be the plan because it's, it's on Cleopatra. And I think they, ironically, we were just talking about warehouses and <laughs> what's his name from Tesla. It's uh, um, Cleopatra. Got a new wearer right in Austin, so we'll definitely have some in Austin. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Is it just going to be CDs, or are you going to have records as well? Uh, we got vinyl, you can, which you can order. I don't know if we'll be. I should think we'll hopefully be bring some, but carrying it is always a problem. But um, we'll be traveling with the alarm, and they'll be they'll be um, carrying stuff. So hopefully we can put some stuff in there too. But we do try to bring vinyl to any shows, you know. And uh, yeah, it's. I mean, yeah. We will. CDs for sure. Final, hopefully. I love records, man. 
Yeah, they're great. Yeah, they it's, are. It's, yeah. it's fun being able to collect them again. It's good. They're very important. Yeah, yeah. That whole documentation, of opening them and then connecting to them, lyrics and all the rest of them. We put lyrics on a new album. If you buy the vinyls for all the lyrics in and uh, you know, it's just good. You know, who sang what? Who did what? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And that's good. You know, I just remember when we used to buy albums and do that. You know, you'd sit there and yeah. all these names. You wonder who's Hugh Padgham <laughs> or whatever. You know, <laughs> where's this studio? You know, uh, where's this record company based? You know, whatever. All fascinating to you know, which you can't get on a CD, can you? Unless on, on Spotify or. Apple Music, the rest of it, there's not much information on there, really. Mm. Lyrics, well, maybe, maybe. <laughs> well, the streaming, it. I mean, it's cool that you can stream and it's right there when you want mm. it, but it, mm. it doesn't have the same sound. No. And you doesn't. don't get all that incredible artwork, or sometimes you remember you'd open up an album, there'd be a poster or something else in it. Very important. Yeah, yeah. Very right. important. yeah. Yeah, someone showed me Alice Cooper's School's Out sleeve. Do you remember that cut? Or jacket, you guys call it. But uh, it's awesome. It's like a desk cover, and you open it up, and there's all the stuff in the desk, and the records got some big <laughs> panties on it. You know? <laughs> Just the amount of work they put into those covers, you know, was amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So what's your uh, website? Oh, well, jeanlovesjezebel.co.uk. That's the best one for all band stuff. So dot code UK and then just Facebook, look for Jay Aston, Gene Loves Jezebel, and you'll find us. Instagram, Jezebel J, Jezebel underscore J, you'll find me there. But yeah, just uh, just Google Gene Loves Jezebel, Jay Aston, and bang, it'll all come up to you. Yeah. <laughs> Ask Siri. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will put all the links in the description just to make it oh, easy for folks. And man, I, mm. I wish the best for you and I see you're going to be in Houston in May at the House yeah. of Blues, so maybe that'd we be, can get out there and see you. That'd be awesome, man. Yeah, be hot, hot in Houston, <laughs> <laughs> especially yeah. in May, right? <laughs> uh, there's an old friend of mine for, who just died for, for a couple of years ago. She won't mm. be there, so I'd miss her. Houston was her hometown, so pillar. Uh, that's a drag. But anyway, yeah, that's what happens. We're getting old and we lose people, don't we? So, yeah. But Houston's special for that reason. She was a very close friend of the band's, you know, always came to our shows from way back. But she won't be there. But there you go. But yeah, so look forward to that. Yeah, come and say hi. Hopefully I'll come and say hi to you because we'll, we'll be socialising as bands do these days, which is good. You know, to sell at the merch stand, <laughs> sell new T-shirts. <laughs> I'll be looking for you, man. Oh, cheers, Cal. <laughs> well, uh, thank you again. I appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for your patience, too, for yesterday's <laughs> problems. But, uh, hey, things happen, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And I also want to thank all you folks out there. If you are new to the channel, I hope you'll come back. Please hit that subscribe button for my regulars. You guys are awesome because you make it possible for me to do this. And until the next one, everyone, please take care. Be kind to one another. God bless and peace.